Hello, and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday, the 18th of March 2023. This is David, and your other readers this week are Susan, Graham, and Andrew. The editor this week is Mark. All are members of Team Phi. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel, Hempstead, Berkhamstead, Tring, Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless it says otherwise. This week's headlines. Destroyed. Community Action Decorum Minibus. Tring Brewery raises £10,000 for hospice. And Hemel Storm secure a Kit King glory. These and other stories now follow. Here is the news. Hello, this is Susan. Community bus gets destroyed. A bus used by a not-for-profit organisation to help the elderly and people with disabilities get about in their daily lives was destroyed. On Tuesday, March the 7th, a vehicle used by Community Action Decorum was stolen. It was later discovered burning that evening. It's no longer roadworthy and the charity is looking to make alternate arrangements to ensure that people dependent on its transport do not miss out. The minibus was parked outside Shendish Manor when it was broken into and driven away from the hotel grounds. It's an absolute nightmare, it, it really is, said Community Transport Manager for Community Action Decorum, Deborah Fogden. As you can imagine, because of COVID, lots of vehicles have been assigned with statutory off-road notices and we've had to lower our fleet size to still be able to operate. Community Action Decorum buses are also used by other local charities and church groups. As well as helping people complete their shopping, the buses have also transported groups to and from community events, to museums, pantomime shows, garden centres and pub luncheons. The charity group is working to arrange alternative transport for events already scheduled that the specific vehicle was due to be used for. At this stage, it's unknown how quickly a new bus will be purchased. Deborah added, There aren't that many minibuses out there. Our vehicles need to have a passenger lift for people with disabilities to get them on and off easily. Finding a vehicle within our budget that will meet our needs will be a challenge. A spokesman for Hertfordshire Constabulary told the Hemel Gazette, Police are currently investigating following the theft of a minibus from Shendish Manor. The silver Peugeot Boxer was stolen sometime between 12.45pm and 11pm on Tuesday the 7th of March. It was then discovered on fire in Cupid Green Lane in Hemel Hempstead at around 11.05pm on the same evening. Inquiries are continuing at this time to trace those responsible for the theft. Anyone with information or, may, or who may have captured dashcam footage of the minibus is asked to please contact police, quoting crime reference 41 forward slash 19352 forward slash 23. Hello, I'm Graham. Tring Brewery has raised £10,000 for Rennie Grove Hospice Care thanks to its monthly specials. Twelve monthly specials were brewed by Tring Brewery in 2022, part of their campaign to raise funds and awareness over the course of the year. Rennie Grove Hospice Care is a charity providing hospice at home services and support to people in bucks and hearts with life-limiting illness. Collections from members' night at Tring Brewery were combined with proceeds from a charity beer festival held in July 2022, each raising vital funds for the Home County's hospice charity. The feather in the cap of Tring's fundraising efforts was the brewery's annual raffle, which saw takings of close to £2,000 added to the pot. 
Prizes for the raffle were generously donated by local producers such as Yvette's Chocolates, Chilton Charcuterie, Chilton Artisan Biltong and Puddingstone Distillery. The raffle's prize range was bolstered by unique and enthralling experiences with Tring Brewery praising contributions from yet more local businesses. The Snow Centre, Hemel Hempstead, Chilton Forest Golf Club, the XC Hemel Hempstead, the Rex Cinema Burkhamsted, Watford Football Club and Whipsnade Zoo all featured in the exciting raffle with donations of admission tickets, private sessions and more up for grabs. The local eateries such as the Orford Arms Thrivston, the King's Arms Tring and Lushman's Sustainable got in on the action, kindly donating delicious dinners as reward for lucky draw winners. The raffle was topped by a big ticket item from Tring Brewery with a bespoke Brewery Day experience awarded to the highest bidder of a two-month-long online auction. The auction winner emerged with a bid of over £500, claiming the unique opportunity to brew their dream Tring Ale packed into 100 bottles to enjoy as soon as the beer is ready. Richard Shardlow, director at Tring Brewery, and Jared Ward, communications and marketing, were joined at the Tring Brewery shop by Chris Langford, Rennie Grove ambassador, and Louise Hewitt, senior community fundraiser at Rennie Grove, where a cheque for £4,200.41 was presented to the charity. Upon presenting the cheque, Jared Ward said, it is so amazing to be able to create tasty new beers that give back to the local community. Tring was founded in the same year as Rennie Grove, so our paths have run alongside for decades. The brewery has supported Rennie Grove from the start. As a local cause that is close to our hearts, it was brilliant to have Rennie Grove as Tring Brewery's charity of choice for 2022. Tring Brewery are so very pleased to be able to help with Rennie Grove's mission. We will continue to support their efforts wherever and whenever we can. Rennie Grove Hospice Care Ambassador Louise Hewitt said, we are so grateful for the support we have received from Tring Brewery over the years. It was wonderful to be chosen as their charity of choice for 2022 during the year that they celebrated their 30th anniversary. We absolutely love supporting their fundraising activities and the money raised will fund 306 hours of specialist nursing care for local patients and families in need. The money raised for any grove will be used to provide specialist end-of-life care and family support. Hello, this is Andrew. Berkhamsted ukulele random players have dedicated their annual festival to raising funds for earthquake victims. It is a month since the devastating earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, with officials putting the number of deaths in Turkey alone at 45,968. In Syria, more than 6,000 are known to have lost their lives. Those who survived face an uncertain future. One of their most serious problems is finding somewhere safe to live. At least one and a half million people are now homeless and it's unclear how long it will take to find them proper shelter. Turkish Red Crescent, Kizilay and Syrian Arab Red Crescent emergency responders have been working tirelessly since day one to help people affected by the earthquakes, providing first aid and essentials like food, water, blankets and shelter. Their teams were already rooted in the local communities and are providing unique access to the hardest hit areas. The Turkish disaster agency, Afad, meanwhile says almost two million people have now left the quake zone. Well, right here in Berkhamsted, a local group is doing its bit to try and help the desperate cause. Burp have been playing together since 2010 and hold an annual charity festival, Ukes for UNICEF, which started in 2011. That continued until the final virtual festival in 2021 and raised over £35,000 for UNICEF UK to support them in their worldwide work for children's rights and well-being. In 2022, Burp held the first You For You Big Busks and raised over £7,700 for the Ukraine appeal. This year, in light of the recent catastrophic events in Turkey and Syria, Ukes for UNICEF's Big Busks will be in aid of their earthquake appeal. Burp were joined by Katie's Jumping Fleas, 
eucharithmics, verplayers, reverbs, pluckwits, and alpacas in St. Peter's Street, St. Albans, on Saturday, March the 11th. On Saturday, April the 8th, they will be in Berkhamsted High Street from 10am until 2pm. Full details of the busk and how to donate and contact the group can be found on www.ukefourunicef.com. A spokesman said, please come along, support this great cause, bring your ukulele if you have one. Staff at the Lodge Care Home in Hamilton, St Matthews in Redbourne, created a TikTok video with residents. The two B&M care homes joined together to create a TikTok video with residents Margaret, Joyce, Heather, Joan and June. A spokesperson said, B&M care homes love to showcase the fantastic residents we have in our homes. We thought it'd be fun to do a TikTok with some of our residents, as we have a few ladies who love to show off their skills in drama. Loving the camera and making a video, they were in their element. Lots of laughs and smiles all round from our fabulous residents. We had such fun dressing up and playing to the camera, singing along and even a little dancing. When the ladies watched it back, they thought it was great and couldn't believe how good they looked. We've had so much fun creating this with the residents. They can't wait to try it out another time. B&M Care takes a personal-centred approach in its day-to-day -day practice, how it celebrates individuals for who they truly are. From residential care to respite care services, B&M says it endorses the notions of independence and autonomy while valuing individualism and a symmetrical relationship that supports and encourages through what it does best, caring for older people. B&M Care offers two primary levels of care, specialist dementia care and residential care, each of which are underpinned by the key principles outlined in its ROSE model of dementia care. As most of you know, Hearts Canine is very passionate about promoting responsible dog ownership. We spend a lot of time educating owners on what their responsibilities are and what the law dictates regarding being out in public with your dog. Unfortunately, on a daily basis we hear, and while out with clients witness, other dog owners with little control of their dog in public. I'd like to use this platform as a way of continuing to promote responsible dog ownership on a wider scale. Sadly, there's a rather large number of owners who are not up to date with the law and believe because they, are, they and their dog are in a public place, they can do as they want. Wrong. So, what is the correct answer? The law is clearly set out, but what is the responsible approach when exercising your dog? I've been a full-time dog trainer for almost 25 years. My dogs are trained to the highest standard. However, I would still not trust any of them to be off lead all the time. I go to some parks or wooded areas and sometimes feel the best option is to keep my dogs on leads in that particular environment for whatever reason. We must remember, dogs have the ability to think for themselves and cannot be relied upon 100% for anything. What can we do to improve dog ownership responsibility when in public? We need to first keep in mind that yes, your dog is a member of your family and you absolutely adore them, but not everyone you meet when out walking your dog shares those feelings. There are many people who are scared, worried or anxious when they see a dog coming towards them on or off lead. Even somebody who has dogs of their own can easily be intimidated by some of the larger breeds. People shouldn't be fearful to exercise their dogs because of the lack of consideration of the minority. I'm a dog trainer and a dog owner, but I'm also a dad. I've been in situations where I'm kicking a ball around with my kids and a boisterous dog has boldly charged over. It is infuriating and not fair. 
The law states that it is a criminal offence if your dog makes a person reasonably fear injury. If this can be proven beyond reasonable doubts, the dog will be considered to be dangerously out of control under Section 3 of the Dangerous Dogs Act 1991. Before I release my dogs for off-lead exercise, I am always aware of the following. Other dogs in the area, on and off-lead, members of the public, any activity that may excite my dogs, for example, children playing ball games, people sat on the floor with food, picnics, etc. Remember, dogs by nature are scavenging animals. Any discarded rubbish, where the nearest roads are, cyclists, scooters, anything that could potentially spook my dogs. The best approach is common sense and manners. Let's all try harder to keep each, safe, each other safe and not let bad habits ruin the reputation of man's best friend. Hearts Police are hunting thieves who stole 20 air conditioning units worth approximately £40,000 from a Hemel Hempstead business last month. The incident occurred at Zoffany House in Wood Lane End, sometime between Saturday 18th of February and Monday 20th of February, police announced on Friday, March the 10th. It was reported that around 20 ASHP air conditioning units worth approximately £40,000 were stolen. PC Lara Howell, who is investigating, said, We've been carrying out inquiries since the incident was reported to try and identify those responsible for the theft. As part of our investigation, we're appealing for any witnesses or anyone with information to please come forward. Did you witness any suspicious activity in the area around the time? Have you seen similar air conditioning units being offered for sale in unusual circumstances? A vehicle would have been used to transport the units. Did you capture any dash cam footage from the area? Any information at all could greatly assist us, so please come forward if you think you can help. Thank you. Anyone with information is asked to please contact PC Howell on Lara, L-A-R-A, dot Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L, at hearts.police.uk. Information can also be reported online by speaking to an operator in the force communications room via hearts.police.uk forward slash contact or book by calling the non-emergency number 101. Alternatively, you can report information anonymously to the independent charity Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 111. The World Health Organization, WHO, says 60% of hearing problems can be addressed through primary care. So Specsavers is rallying the nation, including right here in Decorum. In support of World Hearing Day, Specsavers Hemel Hempstead hosted a one-day fundraising event in support of Hearing Dogs for Deaf People charity. The audiology team carried out quizzes during normal morning huddles and also learned the basics of sign language. Patients and customers were invited to make a donation in exchange for minor repairs or adjustments to their spectacles, which are usually provided free, as a goodwill gesture. In addition, the cake sale raised funds which will go towards invaluable service the charity provides. The Hearing Dogs for Deaf People charity's primary focus is to train puppies to alert people who are deaf to important and life-saving sounds that they might otherwise miss, such as a doorbell, alarm clock, and even dangerous signals such as a fire alarm. The charity also helps deaf people to reconnect with life and leave loneliness behind, as life without sound can be very isolating. When matching a hearing dog with their deaf partner, the charity spends time ensuring the partnership complements each other, so lifestyle, mobility and age are factors that are considered. To raise awareness around the charity, volunteer Claire Wallace, accompanied by her hearing dog Angus and her husband John, chatted to customers about the importance of having a hearing test and also answered questions about the charity. Claire said, the charity certainly opens up a whole new world to deaf people 
and makes it so that the deaf are not so isolated in a hearing world. The store's dedicated audiology center, launched in July 2021, following an investment of 20,000 pounds, offers patients a state-of-the-art testing room, which is equipped with the latest soundproof technology and clinical equipment for audiology services. Hearing test clinics are held weekly at both the Hemel Hempstead and London Colney stores. Specsavers Hemel Hempstead offers a wide selection of hearing aids, a dedicated aftercare service and wax removal. It also provides options for a range of hearing protection aids which are available for activities such as swimming, music, work, cycling or sleep plugs. Nearly 50 cute knitted book characters appeared around Hemel Hempstead this month thanks to the dedicated team at Yarn Bomb Hemel Hempstead. The knitters and crocheters first started marking World Book Day in 2020 with 12 characters, which has now grown to 48. Organiser Chris Olsop said, The group puts out the postbox toppers to make people smile. This is the group's fourth year celebrating the day. Chris said, It's just so lovely to do something that the children like, but also a lot of the adults like them as well. While we've been putting them out, a lot of adults have stopped us and talked about the books that they like. A national charity has sent out an urgent appeal asking Hemel Hempstead residents to participate in an upcoming fundraiser. End-of-life charity Marie Curie is calling on volunteers to help out for a couple of hours at this year's event. Participants will be asked to hand out daffodil pins in return for donations at Marlowe's Shopping Centre on the 18th and 19th of March. All across the country, supporters will be donning the infamous giant yellow top hats in supermarkets, train stations and on high streets for the great daffodil appeal, Marie Curie's flagship fundraiser, which has now been running for 37 years. Collections returned in 2022 following a two-year suspension during the pandemic, so the charity is hoping to make up for lost time. Marie Curie is dependent on public donations and last year the money raised helped the charity provide direct care to more than 46,000 people across the UK via its nine hospices and through overnight nursing care in people's own homes. Donations also support its information and support line which provides a listening ear to anyone dealing with any aspect of death, dying and bereavement. Katie Grinter fundraising volunteer development manager said the great daffodil appeal is my favorite time of the year and is a brilliant and fun way to support Marie Curie volunteers are so important to us and we're calling on the people of Hemel Hempstead to once again give a couple of hours of their time don a big yellow hat and help us raise as much money as we can Collecting couldn't be simpler and our amazing team will support you from the moment you sign up to volunteer, making sure you have everything you need to encourage the public to donate and wear one of our iconic daffodil pins. All the money raised will help Marie Curie continue to provide vital end-of-life care for terminally ill people and their families during the final days, weeks and months. More information can be found online at www mariecurie.org.uk forward slash get hyphen involved forward slash collecting or by calling Katie on 07884 180517. A National Day of Reflection is planned for the 23rd of March. A teenage boy from Hemel Hempstead was among the 19 people arrested during a week of action cracking down on county line drugs operations. A 14-year-old boy was arrested on suspicion of possessing of an offensive weapon. He has been released by the police while investigations are ongoing. Throughout the week, starting 27th of February, Hertfordshire Constabulary searched homes and arrested people they believed were involved with or of organised crime groups. The Operation Mantis team, working with the Eastern Region Special Operations Unit, Operation Intelligence Team, operational support group and local crime units carried out warrants. Addresses were raided in Decorum, Hartsmere, Stevenage, Watford, 
Wellin Hatfield and Luton. All eight individuals that were charged remain in police custody. More than £9,000 in cash, large quantities of Class A and Class B drugs and several weapons were recovered during the week. All the individuals who were not charged have been released while investigations continue. Forces across the UK carried out similar operations with support from the National County Lines Coordination Centre and Eastern Region Special Operations Unit. Detective Chief Inspector Mark Clawson from Hertfordshire Constabulary's Serious and Organised Crime Command said, This latest week of action is part of our continuing drive to disrupt and dismantle county lines gangs operating in the county. The operations involved a number of different teams across the force working with our partners to target county lines drug dealing in Hertfordshire and I appreciate all their hard work and support. We have made many significant arrests, seizing large amounts of drugs and cash in the process and doing substantial damage to these gangs' operations. We take a very proactive approach, working with our partners in other forces and national agencies to make it difficult for these crime groups to operate in our towns, identifying new gangs and targeting them early before they get a foothold and serious offences can occur. We're also working to raise awareness of county lines among young people, parents, teachers and other members of the community to help protect the vulnerable and prevent them from getting involved in gang activity. And continuing that story, county lines drug dealing is where organised crime groups, OCGs, use phone lines to move and supply drugs, usually from cities into smaller towns and rural areas. Often children and vulnerable people who may have addiction or mental health issues are used to move the contraband without suspicion. Organised crime groups are known to groom, coerce and use intimidation tactics to supply drugs. Detective Inspector Kelly Gray, County Lines Coordinator of the Eastern Region Special Operations Unit, said, Significant work continues to take place across the region to target those operating drug lines and to provide safeguarding and support to the vulnerable and young people who are often being exploited. Nearly 150 people were arrested across eastern England during the intensification period, with roughly 2,000 wraps of heroin and cocaine seized, along with cannabis and illicit prescription medicines. Weapons, including knives and a firearm, are also found and seized. A clear indicator of the scale of criminality involved is that more than £85,000 in cash was also seized during the operation. However, we frequently find that those profiting most from county drug lines often keep their hands clean of the running of drugs and instead exploit vulnerable people to do their dirty work for them. That's why we continue to urge parents and carers to look for the signs that their child may have been exploited for criminal gain. Information on gang-related activity can be reported to Hertfordshire Constabulary via the non-emergency number 101. Decorum Borough Council successfully prosecuted a Hemel man for a fly-tipping offence after finding his address in the dumped rubbish. Dimitru Dragomir of Botley Road, Hemel Hempstead, pleaded guilty at St Albans Magistrates and was ordered to pay a fine of £200 and costs of £552.84. The court heard on Wednesday 1st of March that in August 2022, a Council Environmental Enforcement Officer inspected a fly-tipping report of a box and sacks dumped in a passing place along Holtzmere End Lane, Hemel Hempstead. Within the waste, correspondence was found, including Dragomir's address. He was issued with a £312 fixed penalty notice, FPN, by the council for failing to demonstrate householder duty of care responsibilities when disposing of the domestic waste. 
The FPN was not paid, so the council was then obliged to seek prosecution for the offence under S34 of the Environmental Protection Act, 1990. Pleading guilty, Dragomir said that he had arranged for someone else to dispose of the waste, but it was not intended for this to be disposed of unlawfully. Councillor Julie Banks, portfolio holder for Communities, said, We need people to understand that their waste is their responsibility. Anyone offering to take it away has to be registered to carry waste, or it could end up fly-tipped and you could be prosecuted for failing to take reasonable steps to prevent it. If you see fly-tipping, please report it via our online reporting tool by visiting www.decorum.gov.uk forward slash fly-tipping. Decorum Borough Council is part of the Hertfordshire Fly-Tipping Group, HFTG, this is a multi-agency task force, including the borough, district and county councils, as well as Hertfordshire Constabulary, Office of the Police and Crime Commissioner, Hearts Fire and Rescue, the Environment Agency and the National Farmers Union. These organisations have come together to improve how Hertfordshire responds to fly-tipping. The HFTG is delivering improvements in enforcement capability across the county, as well as rolling out new technology to assist in identifying and prosecuting fly-tippers. The HFTG is also behind the award-winning hashtag scrap fly-tipping campaign, which is used across Hertfordshire to help educate residents and has been provided to other local authorities across the UK free of charge, to help promote a consistent message. As part of its merger with Peace Hospice Care, Rennie Grove is bringing the Compassionate Neighbours project to Hemel, Berkhamsted and Tring. Everybody needs good neighbours and that's the plan behind a new project in Decorum. Compassionate Neighbours is an award-winning social movement that sees volunteers match with community members in their area to offer friendship and emotional support to people who are lonely, ill or isolated due to life-limiting illness or bereavement. Peace Hospice Care has been running the project for four years and is now expanding it to offer the benefits to people in Decorum and St Albans. Fiona McGregor has been volunteering as a Compassionate Neighbour for two years. She said... I'm so pleased that the recent merger means we can offer the support of compassionate neighbours in new areas. I have gained so much from volunteering as a compassionate neighbour. My first community member was isolated due to illness and didn't have family living nearby. I visit her at home once a week to offer company and friendship. It was such a pleasure to get to know her and talk about her life. I feel we both gained so much from the friendship and I am now looking forward to a similar relationship with my new local match. Compassionate neighbours are asked to commit to one, around one hour per week to support a carefully matched community member, which could include visiting them at home for a chat, taking them out locally or simply sharing an activity together such as a short walk. Fiona Hobbs, Compassionate Communities Coordinator at Peace Hospice Care, says, We're delighted to be bringing the Compassionate Neighbours project to Decorum and St Albans, both for local volunteers who are keen to help people in the community who can benefit from the company and friendship that Compassionate Neighbours brings. Volunteers don't need any kind of experience or relevant background, as full training support is given. We're looking for people of all ages with a range of life experiences and interests. To find out more about either accessing the support of a compassionate neighbour or offering your time, email compassion at peacehospicecare.org.uk or call 01923 330 330. Unlike other animals, not all of us love frogs for their looks, appearance and most importantly, their croak. Most often they are tiny creatures, small in body, and will make us scrunch up our faces. The first species of frogs were discovered from 256 million years ago. Frogs are amphibians that can be found both on land and in water. 
they are considered to be predators and play an important role in preserving the environment throughout their lives. In recent years, however, frogs have been critically endangered for several reasons. World Frog Day is an awareness day established in 2009, celebrated to save these living beings and provide them with a safer environment to survive. Frogs are tailless amphibians with origins dating back nearly 256 million years. They were valued as food by the people and also have many cultural roles, including literature, symbolism and religion. Approximately 6,000 known frog species have been found, of which 4,800 recorded frog species have been found around the world except for Antarctica. More than 170 species of frogs have become extinct in the past decade. The reason for their population decline is different as they are disappearing due to both human activity and fungal infections. Frog populations have declined significantly since the 1950s and around a third of the world's species are critically endangered, while more than 120 species are believed to have been extinct since the 1980s. The extinction of certain frogs has been traced back to emerging fungal diseases, habitat destruction and alteration, pollution, climate change, pesticide use and more. Many conservation biologists around the world are actively working to find and understand the causes of these problems and ways to solve them. Frogs are widespread from the tropics to the subarctic regions, but the highest concentration of biodiversity is found in tropical rainforests. And now, just for fun, a few more frog facts. Frogs have excellent night vision and are very sensitive to movement. The bulging eyes of most frogs allow them to see in front, to the sides and partially behind them. When a frog swallows food, it pulls its eyes down into the roof of its mouth to help push the food down its throat. Frogs are the first land animals with vocal cords. Male frogs have vocal sacs, pouches of skin that fill with air. These balloons resonate sounds like a megaphone, and some frog sounds can be heard from a mile away. Launched by their long legs, many frogs can leap more than 20 times their body length. The Costa Rican flying tree frog soars from branch to branch with the help of its feet. Webbing between the frog's fingers and toes extends out, helping the frog to glide. Many poisonous frogs, such as the golden poison frog and the dying poison frog, are boldly coloured to warn predators of their dangerous toxic skins. Like all amphibians, frogs are cold-blooded, meaning their body temperatures change with the temperature of their surroundings. The wood frog can live north of the Arctic Circle, surviving for weeks with 65% of its body frozen. The Australian water-holding frog is a desert dweller that can wait up to seven years for rain. A few famous frogs. Kermit, of course, from the Muppets. Robin, Kermit's nephew. Kiki, from Hector's House cartoon. Jeremy Fisher, from Beatrix Potter. The Frog's Chorus, song by Paul McCartney. A Frog He Would A Wooing Go, English children's song. And, of course, The Frog Prince. A frog turns into a handsome prince in the fairy tale by the Brothers Grimm. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on, and any more news. March is Endometriosis Action Month, the annual event that aims to shine a spotlight on the gynaecological disease that affects one in 10 women. There are about 1.5 million in the UK with the disease, says Faye Farving, head of campaigns and communications at Endometriosis UK. The condition where tissue similar to the lining of the womb grows in other places, such as the ovaries and fallopian tubes, can present itself in a number of ways. Symptoms include chronic, sometimes debilitating pelvic pain, painful periods, painful bowel and bladder movements, painful sex, fatigue and difficulty getting pregnant. 
The cause of the endometriosis hasn't been determined by researchers. There's no known cure and it can be difficult to get a diagnosis due to a lack of awareness and understanding of symptoms. It takes an average of eight years to get a diagnosis of endometriosis in the UK, a figure that hasn't changed in a decade, during which time the disease may progress, Farvig continues. Treatment and management of symptoms can include surgery, hormonal treatments and painkillers. For those who have received a diagnosis, navigating exercise and pain can be a challenge, but there is some evidence that movement can help alleviate painful symptoms. Guidance from the European Society of Human Reproduction and Embryology makes what it calls a cautious recommendation that those with endometriosis should consider exercise, says Farvey. It's not just the physical effects that make a difference when it comes to chronic pain. Exercise can help improve symptoms for some women who have endometriosis, helping them feel better both mentally and physically, says Amanda Place, personal trainer and founder of Sculptrion, Sculptrion.com. The mood boosting effects from exercise is especially important. While Abby Watkins, personal trainer at Ori Gym, Ori Gym Personal Training Course.co.uk, explains. Exercise, regardless of intensity and duration, releases endorphins, which help us feel happier and can prolong periods of time where endometriosis sufferers feel pain-free. That's why we talk about runner's high, but you don't have to embark on a gruelling fitness regime to get those endorphins flowing. My first tip would be to take it slowly, making time to find the balance between what works for you and your fitness levels, and what helps with your endometriosis, Watkins continues. Too quickly and you'll run the risk of burning yourself out or worsening the pain you feel. Yoga, Pilates or any other type of low to moderate impact workout such as swimming, brisk walking and cycling are typically the best types of exercise to opt for when experiencing endometriosis related symptoms. Place advises she also suggests incorporating exercises to strengthen the pelvic floor, such as heel slides and kegel exercises. Aim to exercise 30 to 60 minutes a day, up to five days a week. However, the most important thing you can do is listen to your body. Over-exercising can worsen your pain, so pace yourself, take frequent breaks and gradually increase the intensity of your workouts. Yoga can also help, Watkins says. Certain yoga poses, such as the happy baby, chair pose or mountain pose, offer significant benefits for the pelvic floor. Farving agrees that no matter what activity you choose, listening to your body is key. If in doubt, you should ask your GP or another medical professional, such as a gynaecologist or endometriosis nurse specialist. After someone we love has passed away, most of us try to find a way of keeping their memory alive. This can vary from planting a tree to naming a star. Here are a few of the options that you may want to consider. In the stars. For some, naming a star after the loved one they have lost seems a fitting memorial. There are many star naming websites for you to choose from on the internet. Simply do an internet search for naming a star UK. Most of these specialist websites give you the choice of naming a single star or a star in a constellation. Once you've named your star, you will usually receive a certificate, star chart and coordinates to help you find it in the night sky. Bereavement box. Creating a memorial keepsake box is a comforting option for many. This box can be filled with special memories you shared with your loved one perhaps a photograph or two, a favourite piece of jewellery, cards and letters. Memorial boxes are widely available to buy. Amazon, for example, sell a large selection, ranging from ornately de decorated boxes to simple wooden chests. Many specialist websites offering memory boxes also give the option to personalise the box with a name or special verse if you'd like. However, the box itself doesn't have to be shop-bought or expensive. It simply needs to be somewhere for you to keep all the special keepsakes you treasure together in one place. 
Open the box whenever you wish and pass it down to your children so that the memories can live on. Rings and things. An item of jewellery can make a fitting keepsake as most pieces can be worn at all times and many people say this helps them feel closer to the one they have lost. Maybe you'll choose a piece of jewellery from their own collection that has special memories for you, such as their wedding band, favourite brooch or watch. Perhaps you'd like to buy a new item such as a pendant in the shape of their initials or a personalised piece engraved with their name. If you're looking for a gift for someone else who is grieving, there are a number of websites that sell bereavement jewellery. Inspired-goodbyes.co.uk, for example, offer a Love Lives On pin, Love, uh, Love Lives On necklace and Love Lives On charm. In addition, they also offer a memory book for family and friends to share their stories and memories about a loved one, plus a selection of bereavement cards. Saying thank you. If your loved one was helped or supported by a charity or hospice before they passed away, making a financial donation can help you feel like you're saying thank you and giving something back. This could be a one-off donation, or many offer the option to donate a small monthly amount straight from your bank account. These donations are usually used to fund valuable research or to help improve services for others who are going through similar experiences to your loved one. Quiet reflection. Many people who are going through a bereavement say they want somewhere they can sit and reflect about the one they've lost and relive some of the memories they made together without being disturbed. Buying a bench for your garden can be a comforting solution. Memorial benches come in a variety of price ranges, sizes and materials, including wood, metal and stone. And following from that now, the obituaries. The obituaries on the family announcement page this week are Patricia Cliff, Brian Lavender, aged 72 years, Christopher Paul Philip Smith, aged 91 years. May they all rest in peace. And now to what's on. Comedy. Screaming Blue Murder Comedy Club, Old Town Hall, Hemel, March the 20th. The venue's resident monthly comedy club returns with a lineup featuring Mark Mayer and Stephanie Lang. Compare for the night is Bennett Aaron. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. Opera. Ukrainian National Opera, Madame Butterfly, Grove Theatre, Dunstable, March the 22nd. The Dnipro Opera from Ukraine, accompanied by a 30-strong orchestra, performs Puccini's classic opera, which features some of the most popular area, arias in all opera. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book. Stage. Danny Baker, Milton Keynes Theatre, March the 19th. The broadcasting great promises a new full-tilt, non-stop thunderous performance, another panjandrum of unstoppable anecdotes, the last ever instalment in this gleeful, raucous eruption. Visit atgtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book. Music. The sensational 60s experience, Auburn Arena, St Albans, March 23. Big name acts from the 1960s head to St Albans, promising a night of nostalgia and great music. Among the performers are Dozy Beaky, Mick and Titch, who were in the charts for 50 weeks out of 52 in 1966, and had hits including Bendit, Zabadak and The Legend of Xanadu. The Fortunes came into prominence in 1964 with their hit single Caroline, which was used as the signature tune for the pirate radio station of the same name, while the Swinging Blue Jeans hits include Hip Hippie Shake and The Good Golly Miss Molly. The Trems, former members of the Tremolos, are also on the bill, along with Vanity Fair and Mike Darbo, formerly of Manfred Mann. Call 01727 844488 
or visit auburn-arena.co.uk to book. Dance. Dada Masilo, The Sacrifice, Milton Keynes Theatre, March 17 and 18. South Africa's award-winning Dada Masilo wowed critics and audiences with her reimagining of Giselle in 2019. Now backed by popular demand, Masilo and a company of dancers return. The Sacrifice is inspired by Igor Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring, combining the European heritage of the monumental piece of music with the uniquely rhythmic and expressive movements of Moana, the traditional dance of Botswana. Rooted in a storytelling and healing ritual, it promises to take audiences through a journey of emotions. Visit atgtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book. The Prince and Princess of Wales recently took part in a group cycling class in Port Talbot. The group's virtual endurance race in the Italian Dolomites saw Kate beating William despite her wearing high-heeled boots. Group cycling classes are a great way to get fit, but what exactly are the benefits? Improved cardiovascular health. From entry level to intermediate fitness seekers, there really is nothing quite like a cycling class for an all-round health and well-being benefits. One major benefit is in its intrinsic link to improving cardiovascular health, a global issue impacting an ever-aging and less active population. Never has there been a more pertinent time to prioritise cardiovascular health and care, says Lee Mitchell, editor of running advice site Jogger. Classes can be intense, often working the cardiovascular system towards its upper threshold. This means that your heart, lungs and circulatory system will be working incredibly hard, leading to a long-term reduction in resting heart rate and actually improving your capacity for all exercise, lessening the strain on your heart and effectively conditioning it. Remember, your heart is a muscle like any other. It must be worked and cared for like any other. Positive hormones. Exercise is one of the best ways to boost your mood. Another amazing benefit is what happens inside your head. There is a deluge of endorphins that are released almost instantaneously, triggered by this form of exercise. This leads to a more specific release of dopamine and the feeling of accomplishment achieved by smashing a goal. There is no limit to this sensation as it does not dull over time meaning you'll receive it each and every time you get on that bike, says Mitchell. Variations in impact. A lesser referenced but completely valid benefit is the fact that it can be as low impact as you want it to be, meaning it can be fantastic for anyone recovering from injury. You can still achieve a great workout, but due to the stationary nature of the bike, there is little chance for re-injury, Mitchell explains. Lower body strength. Indoor cycling can be sensational for your lower body and core muscle definition. There is no underestimating how vital your core strength is to everyday life. We are talking about the muscles that literally hold us up, Mitchell says. Reduction of injury. Cycling is also an amazing exercise for reducing your risk of injury in the future. If you're not using your muscles and joints, they become rusty. Indoor cycling activates almost every muscle in the body during a single session. This reduces your risk of future injury by an incredible amount for everyday life, Mitchell says. Food blogger Anissa Karolia says she understands the meaning of Ramadan much better now she's an adult. Ramadan taking place this year between March the 22nd and April the 21st, involves abstaining from food and water during the day, as well as dedicating yourself to prayer and charitable acts. The fast is broken at sunset every day with iftar, where family and friends traditionally gather around the table. When you're young, you don't really think about the charity side of Ramadan, Karalea explains. I now think more about countries where they don't have food at the end of the day. We know that we are fasting. We are looking forward to a table full of delicious food. Food is important during Ramadan, both abstaining from it and coming together over it for iftar. 
That's why Corolia, who has been blogging about food since 2015, has dedicated her first cookbook to the holy month. Called the Ramadan Cookbook, it's full of recipes for suhoor, the small meal eaten just before sunrise, and iftar and beyond. This is what Karolia wants everyone to understand about the relationship of food during Ramadan. Part of Ramadan is about food, but that's not all it's about. It's a month of training us to become good people, being kind and getting close to God. It's trying to pray more, trying to remember him more. Food is a small part. Pets need homes. Two lovely male cats, George and Louie, are approximately 10 months old and they're now looking for their forever home together. They can be shy on first meeting, but once they've gained their confidence in their new home, they will be, as it says on the tin, kittens in all their glory. They're not used to the outside world, so are looking for an indoor home. They love to play, so you'll need the time to keep up with them and love to be in each other's company. They would be happier in an older family environment where someone could be around for them in the day. For more information, contact Cats Protection, Hemel Hempstead and Berkhamsted on 0345 371 1851 or visit www.cats.org uk forward slash decorum in many ways mental well-being is like physical well-being if you experience changes in your body you don't hesitate to seek help and the same should apply to your mental health if you are struggling feeling low or anxious or losing interest in activities you normally enjoy you can take action to address this you can also proactively maintain good mental well-being Simple things such as a healthy lifestyle, spending quality time with family and friends, volunteering or learning something new can all support your mental health and well-being. There are lots of resources and services available online now to help you look after your mental well-being or access the support you need for mild to moderate mental health difficulties. Better health, every mind matters. This is an NHS-approved website full of free resources. It helps you tackle anxiety, low mood, stress and trouble sleeping. You can also access a free personalised mind plan as well as self-help cognitive behavioural therapy techniques. Visit www.nhs.uk forward slash every hyphen mind hyphen matters. NHS Talking Therapies NHS Talking Therapies are free, effective and confidential treatments delivered by fully trained and accredited NHS practitioners. The therapies can help with common conditions such as depression, anxiety, phobias, panic attacks, obsessive compulsive disorder, body dysmorphia and post-traumatic stress disorder. To be able, eligible, you need to be registered with a GP. To find your local NHS Talking Therapy service and self-refer, go to nhs.uk forward slash talk. Hub of Hope. Hub of Hope, run by the charity Chasing the Stigma, enables you to find out what's available locally and nationally to help you tackle anxiety, depression, trauma or PTSD and their causes, such as financial concerns, loneliness, gambling or substance misuse. Visit hubofhope.co.uk or download the free app and simply type in your postcode to get started. Shout. The Shout website includes resources and tips to support you when you're feeling anxious, low, stressed or overwhelmed. For more information, visit giveusashout.org. Samaritan Self-Help. You can use Samaritan self-help to explore relaxation techniques, record your mood every day, look for patterns in how you're feeling, make a personal safety plan and store images of things that give you hope. Find out more at selfhelp.samaritans.org. 
This week in history, March the 15th, 1933, Hitler proclaimed the Third Reich, which he said would endure for a thousand years. On this day last year, the government announced outdoor weddings and civil partnerships were to be legalised permanently in England and Wales. March the 16th, 1872, the first English FA Cup final took place when Wanderers beat the Royal Engineers 1-0 at the Oval in London. On this day last year, legal targets on air pollution and the abundance of wild species were among a series of proposed green goals set out by the government. March the 17th, 1649, Oliver Cromwell abolished the office of king and declared England a commonwealth. March the 18th, 1967, the oil tanker Torrey Canyon ran onto rocks near Land's End, spilling 120,000 gallons of crude oil into the sea. March the 19th, 1988, two British soldiers who blundered into an IRA funeral cortege in West Belfast were killed by a lynch mob who pulled them from their car and shot them. March the 20th, 1980, the pirate radio station Radio Caroline on the ship Mi Amigo sank after 16 years of broadcasting. March the 21st, 1985, riot police shot dead 17 black people at South Africa's Langa Township on the 25th anniversary of the Sharpeville Massacre. And now, basketball. Hemel Storm secured their second trophy of the season by beating Worthing Thunder 99-92 to win the Kit King Trophy on Saturday. The first quarter started with Storm immediately looking to build a sustainable lead, scoring six three-pointers. However, Worthing stayed in the game as their full-court press forced errors and they continued to respond with their shooting package. Worthing were looking mainly to stop the threat of Storm players Taylor Johnson and Irene Rye, who left open players like Sam Newman and Seth Swally, to sh who shot the ball with incredible accuracy. The valiant team effort from Storm was rewarded with a 28-22 lead going into the second quarter. In the third, the lead had stretched to double figures, which Thunder were keen to reduce as quickly as possible. They did so using the quality of their squad, and the lead swung in Worthing's favour after a three-pointer by Arisol. But a combination of Hakim Silla and Johnson put Storm in the lead going into half-time. The score was 49-47, and the game far from over. The opening stage of the third quarter remained close, with both teams looking to build momentum. It was Storm, however, who took advantage of Thunder's missed shots, building a lead to nine points, 73-64. Storm's main priority in the fourth quarter was to stay disciplined, limit the Thunder to tough shots and to extend the lead further. Both teams cancelled each other out in terms of scoring to start the last period, but Thunder were gaining momentum through Moyer as his six points in quick succession reduced the lead to five, with 7.05 left to play. Swalvia's three-pointers extended the lead to seven, immediately responded to by Ward. A pivotal moment saw Thunder player Blaine foul out of the game, which left Storm to play out the remainder of the game and secure the 99-92 victory. Taylor Johnson was deservedly named MVP, but the whole team contributed to the victory. Storm are now 33 to none for the season in all comp competitions. Storm continued their league campaign on Saturday when they travelled to Westminster Warriors. If Worthing were to lose in their game earlier that day, Storm could potentially become league champions if they were to win at Westminster. Top scorers in the match, Taylor Johnson, 38 points, Aaron Rye, 24 points, Hakim Silla, 15 points. And now football news. Hemel Hempstead Town's hope of still earning a playoff place took another hit at the weekend as they were beaten by high-flying Oxford City. City got off to the perfect start after nine minutes when Josh Parker tucked home from close range after a good run and cross by Will Dawes. 
Hemel's first chance came from a George Williams free kick in the 18th minute, but that crashed off the crossbar. City could have gone further in front when Josh Ashby headed wide when well-placed just before the break. Then Josh Parker brought out a good, brought a good save out of Craig King on 47 minutes. It was a huge let-off for Oxford a couple of minutes later when a free kick for Hemel was met by an unmarked Josh Hill who headed wide from six yards out. City's Lewis Michio then saw his header cleared off the line as the game opened up before Ashby scored the second goal. Oxford had threatened when he broke into the box and slotted home from the angle on 58 minutes. Parker almost made it three in the final minute, but King saved well. But he made up for it in the 94th, slamming home from close range. Hemel were due to host Braintree Town on Tuesday night, the 14th, after the Gazette went to press. They then go to Taunton Town on Saturday. Table-topping Berkhamsted were at home to Welland Garden City on Tuesday night. A mere seven points from their last eight league games will be enough to clinch the SPL Division I central title. They have a second consecutive blank Saturday this week, but will be away on Tuesday the 21st to Kempston Rovers. Some good news. Monday 20th of March is officially the first day of spring. The clocks go forward by one hour on 26th of March, which is not this weekend, but next weekend. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 10 past six in the morning and 11 minutes past six in the evening. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen to on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, Play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal the pouch firmly, turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail postbox. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Gary, your technician for this week. <laughs>